Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, it's Brian Davis here, Longhorn Confidential. Longhorn Confidential is brought to you by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or visit zaxby's.com. Well, boys, here we are again. Brian Davis, Kirk Bowles, and Cedric Golden off of a weekend of touring around the state of Texas. Longhorns went down to Houston this past weekend and put it on rice, 48-13. The boys in the desert were sweating it out there at the end. Thank you, Deshaun Jameson, taking care of things <laughs> yes. uh, with the big return there. Hey, hey, at the, the boys in the desert don't sweat. They don't. They actually, that's, that's true. It's they 50, don't sweat. It's 50 money, right? It's the people that are <laughs> yeah. giving the boys in the desert money. They're sweating. They're, They're sweating. the ones I'm gonna sweating. Ta- they I'm going to tell you, I'm in a little office pool, and yeah. I'll just say this are before you? we get started. I was, happy, I was happy to see that 98-yard kickoff return. Were you? Yeah, that oh. that helped me in a couple of areas. Oh, yes, putting yes. money on the horns. Well, no, oh no, 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 no oh, no. okay. It's a pool, sir. The, bottom, pool. the bottom line is the good teams win, the great teams cover. Texas did exactly that. Winning, they were thirty-one and a half point favorites. Took care of business. Now they go into the Big Twelve opener this week against the Pokes, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Pistols firing. Mike Gundy and the whole crew coming to Royal Memorial Stadium this weekend. Mike Gundy, if you have uh, forgotten or you want to block this out, they are seven and two against your Bevos since two thousand ten. Cedric, Mike Gundy owns this program right now. The mullet has won five straight at DKR. And we can't call. Is it okay to call it DKR? Because some, some people don't think we should do that on first reference. But I like DKR. The mullet has it going. And the one thing about the mullet, he always has a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. And this Spencer Sanders is no joke. I he's mean, he's a young, young. He's a young quarterback. He's young, but he's no joke, Duck. I think I think they're going to have their hands full with him and Shuba Hubbard and our guy Thailand Wallace. They always seem to have some triplets. Remember, it was Justice Hill and Mason Rudolph and James Washington. Mm-hmm. These are the new triplets in Stillwater. He always has great skill position talent. I mean, you go, you mentioned the people you just did, and you got Charlie Blackman, you got Des Bryant. They, they, you know, he gets those underneath the five Sean, star Sean Woods. And uh, exactly. yeah, another one. They've they've always had him, and There's he's always Sanders. had a good quarterback. So this will be the the. A very balanced offense they're going to have to stop, uh, akin to LSU. Now, Spencer Sanders is not Joe Burrow yet. No. Maybe he will be someday. but Not Saturday. Who's to say they don't have a better running game than LSU? Well, let, let's, let's talk about that. I think people, if you have not been paying attention to Oklahoma State's start, they rank ninth in the country scoring, and they have the nation's number one rusher in Chuba Hubbard right now. He's averaging 173.6. Seven yards per game. He's got seven touchdowns, and they have the nation's leading receiver in Tylen Wallace, uh, leading the leading the nation in um, touchdown or uh, receiving yardage. I saw a stat said on the screen they showed that uh, going into the game Saturday that Oklahoma State already had six plays of fifty yards or more before the game even started, and then Shuba Hubbard opened with what a seventy-five yard touchdown yes. run. 
you know, and, and it reminds me of the Longhorns. Every time you look around, there's a 50-yard touchdown. Is it really? <laughs> is said there? No, is said there? no one ever. Is there? <laughs> Two different ways to to get it, to arrive at the same objective. The Texas Longhorns are more of a station to station. No, not against team. Rice. Me and you could have could have oh. scored from 50 against Rice. True. That, that was just. It was a beat down. It was just non-competitive. It was exactly what we thought it would be. Exactly what they needed. I said it'd be forty-eight to seven, and it was forty-eight thirteen. So it, it it was just a bad game. Uh, every team has one of those. And uh, I'm going to tell you, we talked to Tom today, and it the one thing, and I agree with him that impressed me was they went down there and they took care of business. They didn't go down there sleepy-eyed and and let Rice hang around for a while. No, they put their foot on Rice's throat. And and they won that game, and they sent a message early that this is gonna this is gonna be a blowout. So you guys chill out. Four touchdowns on the first four drives, and Rice had one first down that same time period. That that tells you all, all you need to know that they were seriously outmatched, and Rice had no chance. That's you know Rice collected its one million dollar paycheck. Good for Rice. Texas got well before starting Big Twelve play. Everybody got what they wanted. They made fun of the Texas team GPA. They they did the they? mob did a two point eight nine. And of course, two point eight nine might get you thrown out of rice. So, um, I, I thought they also that was did a, a, a McConaughey parody, didn't they? Driving a little Lincoln with convertible the around. Yeah, had the horns on. So trouble is, you can't hear the mob. You can't. You couldn't hear. It you know, they need captions or something because uh, I don't know how <laughs> funny they are or not without the props. It's hard to tell. Set, uh, but set. the mob was the band's better than the football team. Actually, you know, Cedric, uh, you were in Dallas, and we're going to get to your trip in just a second, but you should have seen Kirk. I told Kirk uh, about halftime, I said, I'm done taking notes. And he <laughs> laughed at me, and then, you know, Kirk at the end of the game is still scrawling out all of his notes, and he I'm can't like, help himself. I'm done. I'm done. He does it because he's got, he saves these notebooks mm-hmm. and he all does. of his notes over the years, and he's looking for all of these stats and stuff. I, I, can't, I can't do it. I lose interest. After about if it's twenty eight to nothing, I I put away the mm-hmm. I put away the the stat sheet and the notebook and the play by play, and I start working on ideas about what I'm going to write. Mm-hmm. I just can't I can't keep up with that. Well, let's talk about ideas for this week because uh, obviously with all of the offensive firepower that's coming into town, um, defense is going to be the key. Now, I really think that Todd Orlando started Jalen Green and Kobe Boyce against Rice simply for the fact that he wanted them to get another game under their belt. He knew it'd be an easy game, right? Kobe Boyce had what looked like a room service pick six opportunity right in his hands, did not get there. The wrong room. The, well, there you go. But but nonetheless, you know, I thought that it was mission accomplished from that standpoint. And Kirk, you know, you were there live. Um, we saw Taquan Graham uh, get to the backfield a few times. Keandre Coburn. They were disruptive. Was they disruptive. Get, did they get pressures, Brian? They got some, they got some several sacks. So we can stop talking about them not having any pressure. I'm just saying, we saw some disruption. A sack from a D lineman. A sack from a D lineman. Wow. Yeah, we were there. We I'm saw gl- it. I'm glad y'all were there to document. I wouldn't right. have believed it if I hadn't read it in my Austin American States. And this is and speaking of the D line, this is going to be a bigger test. Okay, it's a real test. You know, so we're not going to see Cowboy this week, are we? Probably. I, well, I, wouldn't, think I wouldn't think with that running game. I mean, they averaged 285. A game on the ground, and the, and, the, and, and I know it's. You look at the competition. I know, but but the, but the one thing Todd Orlando said back in August was that they would not. He he would not allow the Texas defense to sacrifice uh, size and girth 
for speed. So if Oklahoma State sees that cowboy formation mm-hmm. out there, they're going to try to run it down their throat, and, th- yeah. and that's where and that's the balance that you got to strike as the defensive coordinator. Is do I want to do? Am I going to give up stuff on the ground to have a bunch of fast guys out there? Guess what? They're going to try to run it on them regardless. I mean, they're going to test Texas. And the one thing about Gundy is he's known for quarterbacks. He's known for developing quarterbacks, but he always tries to establish the run first. He's going. They're going to run it early and often. They're going to make those Texas that Texas front seven tackle. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they're in Cowboy, they're probably going to throw it anyway. But they're going. The Cowboy to me is is invented to get to get more speed on the field sure. and, to, and to get more of a pass rush from your front. But I think um, regardless of formation. Gundy's going to come in and he's going to try to establish Chuba early. Well, you know, the West Virginia game last year, Trot Orlando baited him into running the ball because Will Greer and those receivers were so good that, you know, they'd put five in the box some, a lot of times. And that way, Will Greer goes to the line and says, This is, should be a running play. This is what we want. You know, you want them to run the ball. And they did. Kind of shortens the game a little bit more. Uh, but this one, I don't know if you want Oklahoma State to run the ball. But I don't either. You know, and I know Tyler Wallace is maybe maybe the best receiver in the conference, uh, at least top three probably. CD Lamb has something to say about that. But but I wonder how many John other Burt. other great receivers they have. You know? I, know, I don't know if Oklahoma State's as loaded at other receiver positions. But the one thing they always have that guy that we've never heard of, like a Marcel Aitman or somebody like. But that. But if you have one, you can double him. But no, I'm saying the other guy, not not the. Not the famous guy, yeah. But they always have another guy that you're like, who's this guy? Mm-hmm. And he's gonna he'll emerge. But you got to stop the run first. You have to stop the run first, and you worry about Tylon later. Well, the one thing that uh, I thought was interesting landed in my email box after the Big Rice win. Uh, Texas started the year started the year according to BetOnline.org as a forty to one favorite to win the national title. Woo. It's down to thirty-three to one. Come on now, it's trending in the right direction. Get your direction. bets in. Get your trending bets in. Trending in the right direction. Okay, let's. Enough about Rice. Enough about Oklahoma State. I want to talk about two two things that happened this weekend that were unrelated to Texas and Rice, and that was two side trips that both of you boys made for the weekend. Instead, I want to start with you. You went to Dallas and you went to go see SMU. Tell us about that. Uh, first of all, uh, dri- driving through Park Cities. You know, I live in Pflugerville, so I don't. The houses in Pflugerville don't look like that, and so I'm going like ten miles an hour on Mockingbird, just checking out the sides mm-hmm. and people blowing at me, mad at me. I was like, I'm going to enjoy this. My my uh, job assignment was to cover SMU because one Shane Bouchel was one went away from getting them off to a three and zero start for the first time since I was in high school. So um, I, I went. I talked to Shane. He was super. Had his problems early against a scrappy yet winless Texas State Bobcat team, which is coached by a friend of the On Second Thought podcast, podcast Jake Spavital. Jake Spavital. But he had his problems. Uh, zeroed in on a couple of receivers and threw a couple of picks, but then he got he got better. Who's the crowd like? Is there anybody there? Was there a crowd? They had more than 10,000? Who, who was there besides Steve Bouchel and family? That that would about covered. Oh, there were probably about four, about maybe a thousand. Most of thousand the people, people, maybe I don't. Wow, it wasn't that many? Uh, maybe more, man. I'm I'm used to ninety five thousand, so it's hard for me to come down to whatever it was. There were most of the people were on that grassy knoll. 
Ooh. That's right. It was kind of cool. That's, that's pretty cool, though. I've seen that. It's really cool. cool. The kids, it's cool. The kids were nobody sliding, in the stands, though. But the kids were sliding down in. Oh, yeah. I've on been their there. little cardboard. I saw Baker Mayfield's first college exactly. game there. Exactly. So it was fun. And, and Shane played pretty well in the second half. They won the game convincingly, 47-17, I believe. And uh, they're halfway to a bowl game after not getting one last year. And, he, and here's my thing, Seth. You know, I, I think that athletes who come – to the University of Texas or anywhere for that matter, and they hold they hold up their end of the bargain. They get a degree. Okay, maybe they don't play a lot. Maybe they play a little. Maybe they don't play at all. But they but the but their bargain is to get a degree. Bouchelle did that, and so he should be able to go anywhere he wants. He wanted to go home, and I wanted to ask you, what did you think of just his excitement level of being there, playing again? You said he was excited to see you. I think he was. Actually, I think he was. Who, who he was isn't smiling. excited to see you, Sid? Uh, let's see. Bill, my Collect- mom, my Bill, mom, Bill Collector. My mom. He's never excited. He I, think it's, okay. I think it's one and the same. Oh, yeah. IRS. IRS, yeah. But yeah, he was. He was really. We talked outside the locker room. He was happy. He was like, crappy first half. I mean, that was the first thing he said. I go, I said, you came, but you came back nicely. You know, he was just, he's glad to be playing football. Mm, they get some talent. Yeah, yeah, actually they do. Yeah. They have this freshman, um, this freshman uh, running back by the name of T.J. McDaniel. Mm-hmm. Eight carries I for know. a buck fifty-nine, and he—I think he's a South Lake Carroll kid. He is. Stud, he's up for Earl Campbell Award this stud week. Stud horse, just a stud. A stud Mustang, maybe. A stud Mustang. Why do you only have eight carries? I don't know. This, this is the first time he's ever played. He didn't play the first first two I bet games. He's playing more. I bet yeah. he's playing more too. Uh, one of the faster white running backs I've seen in a long <laughs> oh, time. Oh, all right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I don't mind giving a fast white boy his due. And then I like fast white boys. And then Kirk, you stayed in you stayed in Houston for the mm-hmm. Texans game the next day. That in the same seat as the Rice game. Same seat, exactly. Should have left your stuff there overnight. And Charles Amenahu made his debut for the Texans. And not only Charlie O, not only Charlie not o. only not only did Chuckles have his debut, but he had a sack. He had a he forced did. fumble. Pretty, I would say, it's hard to drop a better scenario for your first NFL game. I'm telling you, I was even giving him his due. I said, "Hey, you got a sack there? Is this your breakout game? Show you arrived?" And he kind of scoffed at that. Hey, it's one sack. A lot of guys get one sack. He's so, a smart kid. So he was keeping it real, but he was feeling good. You know, he had a big media crowd around his locker, and you feel me. I stayed around, and talked a little bit longer to him, asked him how he said J.J. Watts kind of taking him under his wing. You know, he's kind of picking his brain every chance he gets. So, uh, but uh, yeah, he looked good. He pressured the quarterback uh, a lot, and uh, you know, no Jadavian Clowney. Well, see, that's that's what know? I think. It's like as soon as they get rid of Clowney, I'm like, if you're Omenahu, this is a godsend. Yeah, I know. We were talking to yeah, and that that is that the door <laughs> opened. He came through it. He's playing well. Mm-hmm. You know, he got some props from uh, Bob. Yep. In the offseason. he goes, you know what, a guy like a mini who yeah. shows up, he's working hard. We need more guys like him. And now to hear that JJ Watt, yeah, is taking him under his wing. Now that's a real shot, Neil. Yeah, I asked him how many. He Texas. said he he was on the field about twenty plays. You know, he wasn't there and there in the goal line defense at all. But uh, uh, but yeah, he he showed some promise there. I think we're going to be hearing a lot more from Charlie O. Absolutely, absolutely. So it was a very interesting weekend on that front. I think it's going to be a fascinating weekend coming up at Royal Memorial 
this weekend as well. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Uh, Longhorn Confidential, again, for Kirk, Cedric. Uh, this has been Brian, and uh, Longhorn Confidential is, remember, it's brought to you by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or visit zaxby's.com. This is Longhorn Confidential.